This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Flowtrack Podcast. Happy Friday. I am Kevin. He is Gordon. Our email address is flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. You can watch the show on our YouTube page. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We have a jam-packed show today, Gordon. And also Colt is back. Colt's back. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. You're back in the normal desk. I'm back. Here. I'm not over there at the kids' table. I was always at, I'm always at the kids' table. Every Thanksgiving and Christmas meal, I'm at the kids' table. And then when Colt's gone, I'm put to the kids' table. Colt, thoughts on the show when we were gone? Did you like watch the whole thing back, take notes? No, I came in pretty late, but uh, no, I, I, Gordon had some good opinions that I, you know. <laughs> Stop lying. Stop lying. I, you showing up in the chat was one of the most surprising things that happened in the history of the show. Yeah. And it made me so – Gordon can tell you, after the – I didn't stop talking about it after the show ended. I was just so pumped that you joined us. I mean, to dunk on Gordon. chat Colt is a very different version than producer Colt. Right, right, right. Like, the gloves come off. Yeah. Chat I like chat Colt. Like I think so yeah. – every so often I think – Producer Colt needs to become Chat Colt. I think we should have Chat Colt Wednesdays. Ooh, where on Wednesday Colt isn't producing. He's producing, but he's also D- chatting, doing both things. Yeah, he's trolling us. I think that while might producing. Have, I think that might have been a preview for twenty twenty three Colt. Like that's Ooh, kind yeah. of the persona he's going to take on yeah. in the new year when we, you know, really go. It's also funny when he says I can't work, but then he can chat. Well, you know how you know how his industry is. Yes, I right? know. How was how that? Was that during lunch break or something, Colt? What were you doing? Yeah, I was on lunch break. You know, just had to tune in, see how the guys are doing. And, uh, you <laughs> he know, cares was, about the show. It was a political podcast. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Corden was talking about making money. It was a yeah. He cares about the show. I appreciate it. I thought it was cool that you tuned in. Well, well done. Do we want to like one last follow up to that back and forth we had about Max Siegel? Sure, sure. He was quoted. Yeah, he had followed up. Someone, a reporter who. Uh, Times of San Diego. I Times of San Diego yeah. uh, got an interview with him and his reaction to the reaction of his $3.8 million salary. And he talked about how his 19-year-old daughter was sending him tweets that were mocking his salary and he yeah. did not like that. And he also said how – I'm not 
quoting him verbatim here, but like basically said, why is every year, whenever we want to have a good USATF yeah, conference, yeah. there's always drama coming up and kind of like saying like every year this happens. And then also mentioned that you don't see gold medalists complaining about my salary. To which Michael Johnson responded. Well, then Max Siegel should have said like gold medalist during my tenure. Current, yeah, yeah. Put in parentheses. <laughs> during my tenure. Because Michael Johnson could technically be like, well, Maybe I should uh, specify. Yeah, he raised his hand and then said times 12 because he's won 12 gold yeah, medals. Yeah, but Max Lewis, raised his hands like, I, I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> asterisk to the asterisk. He said it was the worst week of his life, too. Um, listen. Worst week of his life? Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. You're in a public role, though. Like, you're you're going to have this sort of criticism. Um, I don't really understand the you haven't seen a gold medalist criticize me because gold medalists in theory are the ones making more money in the sport so it would make sense that they would be less upset about a critique but of the disparity between what he makes and what some of the athletes makes so that i don't think that argument really went to uh the core of what people were complaining about when his when his salary was discussed but I mean, I think the meeting is going to has the potential to be interesting. Maybe it'll be like previous meetings, like people have said, you know, listeners in the chat and other observers have said, hey, these things, oftentimes you think there's going to be these big changes and nothing comes of it. But maybe the timing of this will be something where we'll get some news out of the meeting. I don't know. I, don't know. I will say I do think that line, the gold, medalist, the gold medalists aren't the ones complaining. I think that you can extrapolate that mindset and you can potentially – I'm just trying to read through what that line says. But I do think USATF has a lot of members, right? Yeah, yeah, tons. Tons of members. Yeah. But I do think there may be a disconnect in the relationship between leadership and the members and the relationship between leadership and the elite Cindy, athletes. Cindy McLaughlin's, Allison Felix's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Fred Curley's of this world, yeah. right? And that... Maybe Max is trying to imply that I spend my time focused on the, you know, not just the people who make Team USA, but the people who make Team USA and make finals and potentially win medals. Yeah. Not necessarily the the person who finished thirtieth at club cross country. Yeah. But I don't think. But there's also that group in between, right? Yeah. Between the gold Who's medalist trying to go from yeah and the club cross country athlete or the masters athlete, yeah, you know, the person who got a bronze medal perhaps or a silver yeah. medal. Or who's made a bunch of teams but doesn't have a medal at all. I think the gold medalists aren't weighing in as as much. Number one, they're not as it makes sense because they're not as impacted as it. But also, they're probably dealing with you know they're busier presumably, right? Yeah. They're not paying as much attention to the day to day goings on of of the sport as somebody who's really plugged in i don't that's that's my interpretation but I, I get what you're saying there it is a big membership base and it serves a lot of constituencies the problem is I mean, a lot of the criticism we saw from the athletes was from legitimate elite athletes just not ones who were you know it wasn't the biggest of stars yeah right so anyway right. we'll put a pin in that one another year another i mean when he makes 4.1 million next year yeah we're gonna have to do this all over he again. He puts it at three. He needs to put it at three point seven. Oh yeah, that's year. he goes down. I he took a down. cut. Three point seven nine. Hey guys, what's the complaining about? Look at the trajectory. Yeah. If I'm here for another hundred years, <laughs> I'll be making like ten bucks. Exactly. By the time the Nike deal is over, I'll be making way less money. 
All right, big news in the running world. Huge, gigantic news that I think everybody's in favor of this news, right? 100% approval I mean, rating on this th news. No, there are probably some potential Boston Marathon potential winners who are like, oh, there goes my chance. Okay, but I'm excited. There's probably one person, the person who gets second in 2023, <laughs> is upset about this. Iliad Kipchoge is going to run the Boston Marathon. We've waited a long time. He's run all the other majors except for New York. And he made the announcement uh, yesterday that he'll be running at the 2023 Boston Marathon. Couldn't be more excited for this, Gordon. I could not be more excited. If you told me five, six years ago when we were starting to project what would the end of Ilya Kipchoge's career look like, and you said, you know, in 2023, he's going to run the Boston Marathon, I'd say, man, I wish he would do it earlier. Could he do it earlier when he's more in his prime? But he's still in his prime. This came off world record. Yes, this will be his first marathon after world record. This could not have worked out better. I don't know if this was all part of a master plan going back five, six, seven year, years for Kipchoge, like when he first started the marathon, or if it just came up uh, by happenstance. Either way, it's going to be great to see him. Greatest men's marathoner of all time on the most iconic course in the sport. The field against him is going to be good, although I think most people just want to see Kipchoge versus this course. That's what they want to see. They want to see him on the hills in Boston. They want to see him going for it on Patriots Day. Uh, what was your what was your reaction? Yeah, I mean, it was like, finally, he is starting to go down the path of completing all the majors, right? Because we keep on saying, like, he still got to do Boston, New York, still got to do it. And then <laughs> he chooses to do Berlin mm -hmm. instead of saving it for New York City. And we're like, all right, is he going to go back to London again? when it moves into the spring and you just keep on thinking, when is he actually going to do it? Like, yeah. We keep on thinking he's going to run up against father time, but <coughs> excuse me. Um, we finally have like the begin. Is this, is this the beginning of the end? No, this is just the beginning of him exploring a little bit. I don't think this is the end at all. I feel like it's the beginning. Of the what end. else did he have to prove at London? Berlin, we think, is faster than London, right? That's where he goes to get his world record. <coughs> so he would have just got another – he could have gotten another course record at London. But it's been there, done that for him. And I think for Boston, he really – it means he really is sincere about checking off all the boxes, about winning all the majors. I don't know if this guarantees he do New York in the fall. I think it – see, that's why, that's why I think it might be the beginning of the end because I think he does Boston now. Then he does New York in the fall. And then he does Paris Perhaps 2024, the and then you're done. Yeah, it could be, but also. But then he's like, I'm doing 2028 LA. And he like, just right. came off the Olymp the world record. Like, yeah. The world record just happened. We're not like peering 10 years back into history to figure out when this guy broke a world record. Um, I just think this is so, it's, it's unique to, to running, right? Because you have multiple majors at the same time. So there's not always a guarantee that you're going to get to run all the different marathon courses throughout your career. Um, and he looks like he's going to be able to do that. And you want to see these all-time athletes at the all-time venues, right? Imagine if in tennis, all four majors were in the same season. And it's like, man, one of these times, I want to see Roger Federer play Wimbledon. Or yeah. I want to see Serena Williams, like play uh in new york city or at roland garros like you're getting the athlete matched up with the appropriate stage and appropriate venue and in the united states there's nothing bigger 
marathon-wise than in Boston on Patriots Day. Yeah. That's it. That's the, that's the pinnacle. That's but what you want to see. I'm excited to see Ilya Kipchoge's like, uh, pitching form when he probably is going to pitch out the first pitch of so, the day after. Yeah, you're, you're already moving for The Red Sox, you know? Oh, you think he'll do it the, before? The day after. Oh, okay. He'll win and he'll then win, the next. And then Tuesday. Yeah, he's 95 right down the middle. Yeah. Get, the Red Sox will probably be in need of a closer by that like, point anyway. So let's just, let's, just, let's just bring in the man. It is cool, though. It's going to be a legit field. Now, I know there's no such thing as a legit field against Kipchoge. Yeah, you're, 100%. I agree with you. It could be Kipchoge versus nobody in Boston. And I, I would tune in to a stream. Kipchoge of time trial? Yeah. Just, I mean, I've seen two of those before, and I liked season one. I li- season two is even better than season one. Season three in Boston, where the whole goal is to go after Mutai's course record of 203.02, which, I mean, remember, that took the that was a crazy weather year, right? So that took the, the wind at his back the entire way. I like that you had that memorized. Yeah. Well, for a while, that was the fastest time ever run, but it wasn't record eligible. Yeah. And then luckily, we didn't need to say that because the record got faster than that. But that was such an outlier time. But 203.02... For Kipchoge, it's not an outlier time. I still think he will need cooperation from the weather, and we don't know how he'll play this race in terms of, hey, am I just going to run this like a uh, an, an, an Olympic race where there's no rabbits, or am I really going to go for it? But it you, it's in play. It has to be in play. Okay, it's Kipchoge. Talk to me like I'm 12. No, talk to me like I'm like eight and a half. So <laughs> obviously, when the two hundred three hundred two, that was like the fake world record. Yeah, yeah, fastest time ever run. But that wasn't a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Does this mean uh, it get what I'm about to say? It's going to sound stupid. That's okay. Right? Earlier today, you asked me. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, no. no. We don't talk about <laughs> earlier today. Uh, if 203 at one point was the world record. Yeah. And the world record holder, not just a world record, but a guy who's on sub two, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Just, would it Boston Marathon course be? Sufficient for him to like run even faster than it, his PR. So it depends on the weather, right? Okay. So if he had perfect weather, I'm, could we? It, would he be able to run peak Kipchoge time? You talking about faster than two hundred one hundred nine? You talking about one fifty nine forty? One fifty nine forty. Yeah. Okay. So Mutai two hundred three hundred two. His second best time. He ran a two hundred three thirteen in Berlin. So I don't think there was that much of a gap. But two. it was fat, 10 seconds faster. So what's 10 seconds faster? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm, I'm saying no, is could, I'm not, if we I don't have perfect weather, would Kipchoge I don't, shock the world? I don't think we're going to get a 159. Okay. I think if we do get the crazy freak weather that just was a wind tunnel for everybody yeah. that year in Boston, yeah. But that hasn't happened since. So that, that that's a rare occurrence, right? That was the same. What a Ryan Hall run. Two... 204.59 or something like that. 204.58 that year. Like everybody just had out of this world. PBs. When is the Boston Marathon? Patriots Day. No, like when's Patriots Day? April. April what? Uh, this year. 17th? That sounds about right. Weather, April <laughs> 17th, 2023. You can call your shot right now. Boston. I, I heard that weather forecasts four months in advance. No, they do it. Are, no, they're it. really accurate though. Weathertab.com. Yeah. We got April 2023, Monday. The seventeenth. Yeah. What do you got? Oh no. Which direction's the wind going? Precipitation forecast, moderate risk. Mm. If rain or snow does fall in the month, expect most of it to fall on the high and moderate risk days. These mm. are not rain slash snow forecasts, but weak spots in the month, which would mean 
more easily allow passage of a storm through the area. 55% chance of rain or snow. But that's on December 3rd. No, 2nd. this is April 17th, I know, but we're forecasting it on December. So we need to have a monthly update on yes. what the weather is going to be like in Boston on April 17th. Colt, I start, agree. Start getting out your Excel sheets. Yeah. It says the high temperature is 57 to 67, low is 35 to 45. We need Colt in front of a green screen with his weather models and telling us what it looks like. It's, it's all about – World yeah, records off. No, no. The temperature. I was, on, I was in it for like a good forty-five seconds, but then I read this forecast. The, I'm just like, the temperature is is important. The thing that really pushed it over the top is the wind going in the exact right direction. Right, it's point to point. So you need the wind going in the exact right direction. Again, I'm not going to take it off the table because uh, he's Kipchoge and it's happened before. But I think what's more likely is. Can he, I think what's more interesting or more possible, obviously, is course record. Can he run faster than 203.02, even if the weather isn't that great, right? Even if he doesn't get the weather that we saw back in, what was it, 2011 during that race. You know, can he get it there? That that would be interesting and fun for me. He has guys in this race that are that are legit, like Evan Chabet, Boston champ, New York champ, Benson Kiprutu, the Chicago champ. Like, these are the other guys like if, if Kipchoge had retired or had, Kipchoge had decided to do something else, these would be the guys that we'd be talking about as contenders, you know, best marathoner of the year, and the top dog right now. And and they're all going to be there in Boston. So this is a great field besides him. You're right. When it's, Kipchoge's in the field, though, it's all just about him, him versus the course. Uh, but I, I do think we're all going to keep an eye on the time, at least for the first half of the race, because if it's on, it's on, because uh, we've seen this too many times. Obviously, we have a we have many months to talk about the race, many months to talk about the time and the elements and all that. But I want to talk about like, what do you want to see Boston? Mm. Like, what do you want to see Kipchoge in Boston doing? Like, obviously throwing out the first pitch, yeah. at the Red Sox game. Do you yeah. want to see him at a Celtics game wearing the green? No, I don't want to see him wearing the green. What do you want to see? Well, I mean, I'm not a Celtics fan, so yeah. that, that wouldn't do anything so sport, for me. But like April, do you want to see him like in the the harbor, like in like? Oh. Some tea over the like, I, yeah. What, I want to see him dressed up in full colonial garb, like, or doing a recreate, like, doing the town with like John Hamm, yeah, ooh, something like that. Are we gonna see a Mark Wahlberg, Ilya Kachogi mashup, mashup? Potentially, there's a lot of possibilities here. I hope the people of Boston know what they're getting. Do you yes. think they know what they're getting? I don't think they're prepared, yeah, but now they have. Four and a half months of hype to prepare for Kipchoge. It's like get when the, the Pope comes. Get the billboard. Kipchoge's ready now. the Pope of running. Yeah. So like you got to prepare. Like one day he meets Jason Tatum. <laughs> the next <laughs> yeah. day, the next day he meets uh, like David Ortiz. I'm it's gonna be such a big icons. deal. Tom Brady's gonna be like, I'm just gonna come in to to Boston, oh. say hi, and then go back to Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, he's he's an afterthought at this point. Uh, David in the chat says Kevin always talks to Gordon like he's eight. Is that an? Do I really? I'm sorry if I do that. It's okay. I've, in a good way, or like that can be taken two different ways. Yeah, that can be, be like, it. hey, he breaks things down for you into manageable chunks. Why did you Why did you frame it like that? Oh, because you just didn't know why 2011 was that fast? No, I knew 2011 was fast, but like I also know like Boston's hard. It's a hard – Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it's weird. It's hard it's but point also to fast. Point because it's point to point. I know it's point to point in that yeah. downhill. Yeah. So I was just like, is it crazy? I don't want to – the last time I said, are we going to see a world record, yeah, I yeah. get – you got a, a song about I you. I got a song about me. Maybe you could get a Kipchoge song about Thrown you. into the wood chipper for yeah, yeah, yeah. having the audacity to say world record. So I was yeah. like, hey, will Kipchoge break the world record at Boston? 
I didn't want you to be like, Gordon, you, that was a dumb statement. I was trying to get ahead of it. Yeah. I don't think it can't count as a world record. So I know it can't that's count, the, yeah. but like yeah. world record, all conditions, yeah, you can, bullshit. I mean, if you want to go really out there, and I'm sure somebody will write this story, it's like, will he go, can he go sub two at Boston? I, I think the answer is clearly no. I, that'd I, be cool. I don't think so. But how often, how happy would Boston like people be? Like not people, but like the organizers be like, our course record is sub two. Yeah, take well, that Berlin. Remember <laughs> when we were talking about? I think we were talking about this uh, after this this last fall marathon season after he did Berlin. But the world where he didn't do the breaking two attempts or the Ineos 159, and he just was like trying in legit attempts because now the world record would be down to 201 low. And you wouldn't have this 159 thing yeah. out there. And like, I think people would start saying, well, forget the time trial. Just keep can going. you do it in a legitimate yeah. race? Or can you do it in a Boston if it gets the right conditions? I think the the fluctuation of possible times for Kipchoge in this race is greater than it's been in any marathon in his career. Because if he gets good weather and he goes for it, I think he can break that course record and, and, and he'll run like 202. If the weather's bad, and he doesn't really go for it, and his whole intention is just to win the thing, he could run 212 or something. Will we or won't we see an Instagram post of Kipchoge drinking a Sam Adams at the Sam Adams Brewery? After? Yeah. Before or after? I think he should do all the generic Boston stuff. Yeah. Kipchoge has it. Yeah. It's like when I went to Ireland, it's like, do the Guinness tour. So you have to check all the tourist boxes, I think. Get one of those with the black and white cookies. Those are delicious. Those are good. Yeah. Mike's, is that the famous bakery uh, place? Black and white cookies are really good. Yeah. Yeah, he should do all that. He should he should he should live it up. Uh Cliff said there's no point for Kipchoge to break that course record. Just focus on the win. So far he has beat Evans Chibet. Uh or he has or he hasn't beat Evans Chibet and Benson Kipruti. I mean, come on, let's have some fun though. Yeah. Let's have some fun. If this is his one time there, you want to know you got the best Kipchoge there. And it's a lot of people have won. Nobody's run 202. Okay, yet. so let's let's wrap this up with worst case, best case scenario. Best case scenario, he's breaking two hours, winning, <laughs> and there's freaking Mark Wahlberg. Run and straight to the Red Sox. The game. Entire Red Sox organization just like signing him to close out the <laughs> game winning save that yeah. clinches a World Series berth eight months before the World Series. Mm-hmm. That's best case scenario. Practical. There's fireworks everywhere. Worst case scenario would be like a DNF. No, DNS. Always DNS, the worst. DNS. DNS. Yeah. A week before you get you read yeah. the tweet or two days before. Because if, like if he de- – I think – when's the last time we've had – has Kipchoge ever DNSed? Marathon? No. Because the moment he has his first DNS, mm-hmm. that's when you say this is the beginning of the end. Because then you know there's a, an injury involved. Like one thing that's so great about his career is that he's been healthy. Yeah, especially at this. This is an event. It's not an event that's easy to stay healthy in for yeah, such sure. long periods of time. Like you're lucky if you get good three years of health. Yeah, and he's getting like a decade of health. Mm-hmm. So after a track career where he won a gold medal. Yeah. So that's the one thing that when we keep on talking about what is in Kipchoge's plan, I think until we get his first DNS, he is running forever. That's fair. That's fair. I think. A lot of people are going to talk about this is his first time on a on a hilly course, not his first time in a championship course because he's of course won yeah. two Olympic marathons. Now those those courses weren't like Boston, 
But the weather in both of those was not ideal. The time wasn't fast. I think he'll be fine in terms of winning. Um, I just think the weather is going to play a, a bigger role in how he decides to approach this than than pretty much anything else, which is why I think this is such a wide variation. So Anyway. Hey, he did it. He's doing it. It's happening. He said he was going to do it. He called a shot, he man. He called a shot, and now he's running. It was one of those things I didn't think it was going to – there was always a seed of doubt. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh. And now New York sense. knows he's definitely coming. New York he, needs to start lining up the – yeah. They need to get all their uh, – But New York has an advantage because yeah. New York can be like, you kind of want to run here. We're so the last we, one. We can lowball you yeah. and be like – Don't lowball the man. Give but him, they could. Give, they they give know everything. It's like when you know Derek Jeter basically told the Yankees he was going to resign – so mm-hmm. they didn't have to give him as lucrative a contract, whereas yeah. Aaron Judge is like, I'm going to San Francisco. Yeah. So you got to – Well, what's the difference in money here? I just think he would bring so much. And if that was the last one, yeah. well, it looks like it would be the last one in terms of getting their career marathon major. That's a great yeah. story to have too. You yeah. won't have that. Uh, women's side of things, we'll talk more about this when the fields get unfurled. This was basically just a Kipchoge yes. just doing it. Holy crap. Addition, but uh, Gebris, uh, Gotoyam Geber Selassie, who run one world champs this year, Edna Kiplagat, Des Linden are on the announced field. It's going to be it's going to be a solid race. Um, remember, London is going to be in the spring again, though, too. So Lava flow. They're going to have to compete with with London. London men's field basically is going to have to. They're going to like whatever's left because like Boston clearly with Chibet, um Kipruto, and Kipchoge got got. The big three stars, uh, women's side though, I think they're going to be they're going to be fine. So yeah. we'll keep tabs on that. Um, all right, next topic. What do we got? Unless you want to look at some comments here. Let's talk about the BU beat. Yes. Why don't you lead this one, Gordon? You love putting the collegiate the B, you distance love putting running the on me. marathoning on me. I do. I'm not going to go sit at another desk though. I'll sit. I'll sit I do. Right. I do appreciate you. No, my, just, you're my marathon. When is it? Line. How do people watch it? What so, should people watch for? How about that? This weekend, tomorrow, Saturday all day, 9 a.m. to like when you go to bed, the BU season opener is back. For those who don't know, it's the marquee uh, track meet that happens in December where a lot of distance athletes coming off a cross-country season decide to skip Thanksgiving, train through Thanksgiving, and give one last effort with all their fall fitness to try to get a time qualifier for NCAAs. Maybe even a world championship standard. You name it, they're going for it. And this meet has gotten better and better as years go on because people have realized, hey, why not just take cross country and get a track race out of it? And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you check a box before even having a before you go home for Christmas. And so the BU 5Ks, 3Ks, miles have all been formed. Ultimately, everyone's focused on the 5K, mm-hmm. and we have two really good races live on Flow Track this weekend. On Saturday, start with the men's 5K. We'll bring up the start list here. Nico Young, NCAA runner-up. Um, he's going to be leading the field, which is going to have basically a who's who of collegiate distance runners. Brian Fay of Washington, Kai Robinson, so two guys who run sub-1320s. Uh, Kirian Lum, who did not run cross-country, but he's a 1320 guy as well. Mm-hmm. Casey Klinger, he was top-five finisher. Drew Bosley's in the mix. Alex Mayer. We know what he can do for Oklahoma State. Basically, where's Hicks? Uh, Hicks is not there. Ah, no Hicks. We're missing Hicks, but everybody else. We're missing Hicks. So, but everyone else, you know, the two Harvard guys, the Oklahoma State guys, 
and any of you guys, BYU, most of the Stanford people, and then a few unattached athletes or Under Armour athletes like Eduardo Herrera, Casey Neville Bard, a who's who of distance runners in their 20s to 24-year-old shape. My question is, mm. how fast, who wins, and how fast do you think they go? I would say Nico is the favorite here, right? Yeah, yeah I think Nico's got to be the favorite. Are they going to rehash cross country? Is Drew going to go out with him? Be a little Bosley, Young? I think, yeah, I think Drew's going to try to stick on Young. Mm-hmm. But no, actually, they're going to just trust the pacer, right? Because they're going to be 13-15 pace. Yeah. So they're just going to trust the pacer and then just see who holds on. The more and more I think about that, though, because it's not like a championship-style race, I do think there's a chance that Nico doesn't win and that someone like uh, Kyrian Lum mm-hmm. comes in and like or Casey Neville Bard, who just has really good kicks – they're in a race, and then just who has a – it's an indoor track. you got to have a good kick. So how fast do you think they're going to go, though? I think it's going to be 13-13. Okay. But if they run 13-13, then there's not going to be a lot of people left to kick. Yeah, it'll be like three people. Yeah. I'm still rolling with Nico. So 13-13, that's not – Like, I could see I could see uh, Alex Mayer winning. Collegiate record's 13-08 indoors. Their chance? Talk to me like a mate. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> 13 minutes, 8 seconds, Lowie Lelang, 2012. I mean, Wild Wild Shot ran 13.09 last year. That was in, that was in February. That wasn't You now. know what? They're, not, they're running 13. They're running 13.07. You, what, you, could, you, don't need to, you don't need to protect your collegiate record. I just was thinking. I, I did ask uh, NAU coaches, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get a world standard? They said they're just trying to get top 16 mark. But what's a top sixteen mark now? It's probably like. Does anybody know? It's gonna be like. It's gonna need to be like sub thirteen thirty. But with all these people here, they're not gonna try to run sub thirteen thirty. They're gonna try to win this race, and this race is gonna be fast, which means they're gonna yeah. run the thirteen teens. Yeah, because yeah. the descending order list is gonna come from this race, so you want to be ahead of a bunch of people. Yeah, you don't want to be on the other side of that. I just I threw that time out there. Just I know on the women's side, it's been uh, under attack at this meet in previous years so so then on the women's side we got the return of caitlin tui coming off her ncaa title mercy chilangots in this race the alabama girls are there um elisa stern she had a good run mm-hmm. for nau which i think she finished in the top 10 is in this race and then also um natalie cook the star freshman and uh can't forget about kelsey camille she was third at NCAA's uh, a respectable third. So, but all eyes are going to really be on Caitlin Tui. She has a seed time of 15, 14. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of non collegiates in this field, like Annie Rodenfels, Katie Snowden, Gabby Jennings, um, Eleanor Fulton, the Haas twins. Mm-hmm. But Tui here, well, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about her? And is she even going to be running to 5K at NCAA's? That's always the question, right? For, for like, everybody, five k, three k, DMR. Like, what do you choose? A mile? Like, yeah, you try to qualify in all of them and then make yeah. the decision later. Like, there could be a situation where Caitlin Tui wins this, maybe even breaks a collegiate record, and it's like, I'm just not going to do it. Fifteen twelve collegiate record. That's Sisson Izzo with this race. Remember fifteen thirteen back yeah. in twenty nineteen. I think was that the year when Werner ran it too, but had already gone like was uh, un- ran unattached, unattached basically. Yeah. So it was weird. I think. This re- now that was known at the time as this is like a golden era of yeah. collegiate women's five thousand meter running. Um, 
this this year it remains to be seen if it's going to be that quick but this meet has the potential to go that fast so yeah i think the winner is going to be don't you think under 15 15 yeah isn't that, i think so isn't that a conservative thing and i rodenfels i know she's a pro but remember last indoor season she was really sharp yeah last indoor season she runs for baa so if she's planning on running this race uh full go and she's and she's fully healthy and everything like that i think i think she'd be one to watch but too. two is gonna win I don't know. Rodenfels are in 1508. Yeah, if but she's, if so, she, uh, that's what I'm saying. We don't know how sharp she is. The collegiate athletes have the advantage slash kind of disadvantage of coming after yeah. a cross-country season. Some of them are going to be fresh. Maybe some of them are, are a little bit worn down, whereas the, the pros are just gearing up their season. If so. you were Coach Hennis and you had obviously Kaylin Tui coming off of a NCAA title, she's going to want to win more titles, but... They clearly have a good enough team to put together a, a nasty DMR. You're already doing DMR speculation. And she can do well in the 3K. She lost in that 3K. Everyone remembers that. She was, that kind of motivated Caitlin to become what she is now. Um, and she has the 5K ability and even a mile ability. What If you were setting up her indoor season, what would you tell her? What would what would be her, her pathway of what she would run at NCAAs? Um, it would, it, basically, there's three options. Yeah. 5K, 3K. Right. DMR, 3K. Mile, 3K. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to make the decision now, but... But I'm asking you to. 5K, it depends what they have in the other events too, right? Like, in the... Who can who else could run anchor, basically, in that DMR? I don't know. Probably 5 and 3 and then find somebody else in the DMR. So you just pretty five close. Three? Yeah, I don't... I mean, you have the potential to get 20 points. What's the team race look like overall? I'm they have a shot to get on the podium? Maybe. So... That's I mean, the other. if Kelsey Camille can run like top three finish and threes and fives, then all of a sudden it's like, well, they go from a twenty point yeah. to now being in the you know forty, forty, like thirty, thirty to forty yeah. points. So. Here's what I know: we never know anything about what anybody's going to run, and we're usually wrong about predicting it because we do this every winter. But sometimes we're right. Yeah. Well, the one year you're right about Oliver Hoare running three races, he did. It. I did predict NAU's podium last year. That's true. But you predict a distance team to podium every year, so you don't get credit for that. I guess we'll do it again this year. NAU's going to podium, George, guys. You know who has the second fastest 1,500-meter time returning? George Kusha. You know who doubted George Kusha all season? That guy, Gordon. But now I'm putting all my – I'm putting into a positive. I'm like, this guy's going to score eight so, points in the mile. So him plus Nico, Drew. And a DMR. DMR. When is the last time the DMRs worked out for them? They have never qualified their DMR. Okay. So literally but never they got in this guys. era. They got, I know, I know, I know. Bodies. But you, you're like – Colin Salmon's a miler. It's so funny that you're just such a strong believer in a thing that's never happened. When it does happen – It's going to happen. Yeah, but – Oklahoma State also could be a, a wild card. Well, right. Distance only. I just think – yeah. You, you need a lot of bodies, but you also need a lot of bodies in that mid-distance range. Too. Dude, I'm going to be talking about this for three straight months. It's okay, be great. So, so that's coach uh, for so move on. 5K, 2E, close your record, yes or no? Um, what was it again? Sorry, fifteen. Fifteen oh eight. No, it's fifteen twelve. Fifteen twelve. I'll Five, say four, three, two, one. Sure. Yes. And then Nico Young, thirteen oh eight. No, no, no. So no for Young. Yes for Tui. Yeah. I'm gonna go yes for Tui and yes for Young. Let's see it happen live on Flow Thirteen oh six. We're doing it. We're doing it. Um, it. Uh, there's also some other good races. The three Ks are good. Mm -hmm. Um, Craig Engels has entered in the three K. Be interesting, right yeah. See, uh, let's see how he's doing after his coaching change. We all know he left uh, Union Athletics Club to go back to his college coach. 
And it's going to be a good, I mean, Yassin Abdallah's in that race. Yeah. Fouad Masuda of Oklahoma State's in that race. I, I definitely effed up Masawi, that. I think. Yeah, yeah Masawi. Sorry, I screwed up your name. And then the women's 3K, uh, Kaylee McCabe. You know, she has some wheels. She's in that 3K. Mm-hmm. Um, the mile has a few people, I think. Let me search. The mile. Ali Cash is in the mile. So she's pretty good. Runs for A6, 430 miler. And then the men, we're already starting with the Georgetown milers. They got three guys seated at 359. Dude, Georgetown's going to have like 50 mile, sub-four miles. Some things never change. Speaking of mile mm-hmm. and sub-four mile, we need to start a campaign, you and me. I know I know Probably it's December. I know it's December. Yeah. I know it's indoor season, but you know what I'm already thinking about when what, it comes to the mile. What the qualifying time is going to be to get in no. to the NCAA meeting. No. No. What are you thinking? I don't know. The mile. What's happening in the spring? I don't know. Am I, am I off on this? Ta- explain to me like I'm in third grade. What notable mile event happens in the spring? What notable mile event happens in the spring? Yeah. That I'm going to talk about over and over again. I don't know. It's the four by mile at Penn Relays. Oh, okay. To be fair, you only did that once. I'm, I catch on to the things you do <laughs> six or seven times like NAU's DMR. But... I'm on a campaign. I'm, I'm I'm already looking at collegiate teams' schedules. Okay. For and I'm the... on a campaign to try to get an ultimate four-by-mile going. You know who's going to Penn? NC State. Mm-hmm. So okay. maybe we'll get a, a refresh of that 4 by 15 for mm-hmm. for uh, Caitlin Tui and company. Stanford right now is going to Penn. Mm. You know they have that big they, three. They got a lot of mid-distance. They got, yeah. some, they got some milers. If we can get NAU to go, their schedule's not out. If, this is what I want. Do you know what I want? What do you I want? want? NAU, Oklahoma State, Stanford, four by mile, rematch. Oh, don't BYU as well. Mm-hmm. Rematch cross country. Let's resettle it. Mainly Oklahoma State and NAU run a four by mile, and that is a tiebreaker. They already gave away the trophy. No, 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 so no, no, no. They we, bring it back. We bring it back. We 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 bring it to Philadelphia. We put it on. We put it on the middle of the track. Okay. And like we it. say, "Hey guys, head to head, we didn't like that. Six man, that's bad. New tiebreaker. You win this four by mile. Yeah. You're the 2022 cross country champions. I think they'd rats. I think Mike Smith would say, "How about a four by five k? No, four by mile. Four by mile. All right, we'll, we'll do four by two k." Four by three K, four by three K. That'll be fun. Four by three K, yeah. Because that's like everyone has a good three K runner. Mm-hmm. Four by three K at Penn under the lights. You're commentating. We will get Alex Lauren in the, in the building. He'll mm. commentate. I'll do sideline reporting. I'll hold on to the trophy, and then I will you give want- the trophy to the rightful tiebreak winner. You just want to hold the trophy, I think. I you like know, you like this idea. You're already up on the. Would you rather have this be the f- tiebreaker than the six man? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Fun. yeah, yeah. Of course, and it's only at Penn Relays. So yeah. if there's ever you a gotta wait. Country, you got to wait until Penn Relays, <laughs> and you have to show up and race a four by three k. Buy a flight. It's real simple. All right. Uh, on the chat, Yoshi says, "I was thinking Prefontaine Classic Mile Bra." Yeah, so was I. Man, I was lost when he said, "What mile race do I talk about?" Because it's not actually a mile race. It's a it's a four by mile race. So I was. Which I they're running said, miles. I almost said pre, but then I was like, Gordon doesn't really talk about the Prefontaine Classic yeah. Mile that much. 
Uh, John wants to know what time do these races go off? Okay. What are the start times. Let's yeah. get some start, start times. Start times. People have busy schedule. They got lives. There's a lot of sports on these days. There are. So um, I would say tune into the whole thing, but that's you shouldn't. Just so the race, the meet starts at 9 a.m. Central. Yeah, he wants to know what time the A 5000s are. I think. But the 3Ks are good too. Okay. So A 3K. Yeah. For women is at 1:13 Central. Men is at 2.13 Central. But the 5Ks, which is what you care about, we're talking women, 3.30, mm-hmm. men, 5.10. That's Central time. Central time. On Saturday. On okay. Saturday. Uh, David points out Simpson ran 15.01 oversized. Uh, he also said uh, Hicks is doing European cross. That That's why sense. he's not there. Because yeah. as you know, he competes for? Great Britain. Yeah, exactly. Remember, that was a fun discovery. Uh, you know what? It's... Just let it be known. Junior says the guy lives in America. Went to Florida high school. Like I, yeah. it made sense for me to think Charles Hicks was not no, Amer- I, was was an American. I'm not. I'm not blaming you for it. I think a lot of people maybe made the assumption. Uh, if too slow, fade out. Kick Nico for top college athlete. John says Kipchoge doesn't drink. No Sam Adams. He can pose with drinking though. Does he not drink? He has like the the beer at Berlin. Yeah. Did do you have any evidence that he drank it? Or just held it. I think Sam Adams makes non-alcoholic beer, don't they? Oh, non-alcoholic I think everybody makes. Lager? I think everybody makes non-alcoholic beer. Every. Does Kipchoge actually not drink, or he just like is super healthy and he says he doesn't drink? And there's no way of actually knowing that unless you lived with. Yeah, look, Kipchoge. This is Kipchoge. Literally, we have a photo of him drinking. He's just holding the foam in like into his mouth. Drink a lot of tea. Wow, this is an interesting headline. Cole pulled up. Anyway. Yeah, they, he does. He does get that cup very close to his mouth but that'll be a fun challenge you can't actually see it how much money would you give me if i was able at boston marathon get kipchoge to drink a beer mm. yeah i should be able to i mean if he's not gonna do it there i don't think he's gonna do it because that's for the ma- the meat organizers that's the sponsors right yeah doing that one so that's such a badass photo yeah but like you can see he's just holding it there Smelling it. He's Smelling not it. actually he's, drinking he's it. Fumigating it. All right. <laughs> what else are we talking about? Uh, we could talk about Valencia Marathon, which is uh, this weekend. Yeah, this is going to be really good. Live and, on Flow. Yes, you can watch this one live on Flow as well, too. Latenza Becky Day. Everybody wants to know what, what she's going to do? do in her debut. She has the world record in the 5,000. She has the world record in the 10,000. She has the world record in the half marathon. Women's it's marathoning right now is just insanely deep. They're posting times that you didn't think was in the realm of possibilities. And then now entering this event is Gade, somebody who's run a half marathon that was otherworldly and has also run successfully in basically every distance that she's ever done. It's in a place that's super fast, which is Valencia. This just screams incredibly quick debut. World record on the first one would be totally nuts. I'm looking here at at the entry list here. The next two names on the list after G'day, the two fastest based on PBs, Cabeta and Galana, are, are 218 runners. If they're a little bit better, uh, maybe G'day will have somebody to run with. But I think most people think G'day has the potential to, to smash that marathon debut record that was just set by uh, Ayana this year. 217.20? Yeah, and then go into the 216s or two. I mean, people are saying crazy stuff like, like yeah, like you're thinking like world record or you know 213 and times like that. So I don't know what to expect from it, but you got to tune in. I mean, this is, this is incredible because she's doing this while she's still so young. 
Yeah, and like she literally is. I mean, first of all, you got to tune in. Do you know what time you got to tune in at? It's early. Yeah, so it's twelve forty-five a.m. Central Time. Yeah, but she's running so fast. You don't have to commit that much time. That's a good point to watch it. You still get a good night's sleep. Everybody's time, you know, sports watching has all been screwed up because World, World Cup. Cup and everything like that. So yeah, you can you can tune in and check this out. I mean, if you sh- like. Do you actually think she's going to break the world record? Because there is still, like, she's never done the, these extra 13.1 right, miles. Right. And, like, you know, because you could still bonk at, you know, mile 20 or yeah. 23. And then all of a sudden, like, she, you know, fades and runs a 218. Yeah. And we're kind of like, okay, that's good, you know. But I don't think she's going to get it, in part because that world record mark is, yeah, well, there's those two 214s, and then there's nothing again until the mid 215s. And there's only two, there's only four times in history faster than 216. So to get down to that range is rarefied air already. So I think, yeah, the distance will take a little bit of adjusting. But balancing that out, the insane half marathon time, the fact that she's still in her, you know, in the, basically in the beginning of her prime, in and track prime. everything is yeah. fast in Valencia. Everything is minutes faster than you expect it to be in Valencia. I'm going to say she doesn't do it. I'm going to say she runs something like a 215, which is still sensational. But... I'm going to feel stupid when she runs to, you know, 213.45 and totally rewrites the record books and revolutionizes what we thought okay. was possible. Over under 107 for a half. I think, she'll go out, I think she'll go out faster than that, but I think ultimately she'll finish it. Yeah, 215 high. So she, you think she'll go out 106 something? Yeah. Oh, 107 dead? You're saying 107.00? Yeah. Also, yeah, I'll still go slightly under. So go slightly So 106. High. 50s. Yeah. And then I think she's going to – she'll pause at a split on the back half. She's talking – they're talking about the world record. Like that, there's, yeah. They've seemed to bypass the competition and, and bypass, bypass debut. all those other yeah. intermediate goals. They're not interested in that. We're going to the end. Yeah. I'm a one-race career marathoner. Yeah. She's going to come in, run it once, break the world record, and then retire. Yeah, she's simulating her career on like 4X speed basically. It's like I'm going to get all the records in four years and I'll be good. Imagine people did that in sports. Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to play one season. Yeah, I'm going to win it all, break all the records, and then I'm done. That's the good day plan. I mean, her half is 62.52. 62.52. The next fastest Some half. Some say that's pretty fast. Yeah, the next fastest half is 63.51. So really the only argument for her not. So she should break the world record by two minutes is what you're saying. <laughs> the only argument for her not breaking the world record is just basically it's her first time and the marathon is tough to figure out. But I'm holding on to that. I'm holding on to that. What do you think? I think she'll break it. By like a lot or? By a little bit. Okay. So you don't think she goes into the next stratosphere. You're just saying basically she joins that yeah. top group. I mean, yeah. Just look at I kind of like that. Women's marathoning, man. It's not normal. The past two to three years. Yeah. Obviously, we have the shoes. But like it's beyond that, dude. There's something about just like the influx of women just taking the their – status quo of what elite is and just like nope that's not elite anymore we're we're turning running two teens yeah, is yeah. now normalized yeah more and more and more now you do it more often now you're running 217 as a marathon debut you're gonna get closer to the world record i right. think you see someone who's still in track prime is not like she's not in the second phase of her career she's still like in the second phase of the middle of her career and she's you know yeah no that's all all that's I mean, that's all, all those are the reasons why you want yeah. to pick her, right? And 
again, I'm not going to be surprised if come Monday we're on the show and we're talking about her being the world record or her putting it into a different category. Her doing to the world record what Kazgai did to it a few years ago, right? Like moving it into a different, like moving it outside of the what we thought was possible. Because when Kazgai ran in 214.04, she broke what was thought to be an outlier world record by over a minute and 20 seconds. <laughs> There's a chance, the way people are talking about Gade, they think she's going to do to that record Cosguy's 214.04, what Cosguy did to Radcliffe's 215.25, which again is totally possible. The only thing I'm hanging on is just marathon eventually is going gonna, is gonna to get you. And I think because she's taking such a big swing, the possibility that she slows down on the back half is, is, is more acute than normal. Uh, Cliff Chen says, good day, 213 or 214. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? I don't think it's hyperbole. Again, the only thing I'm hanging on is just the fact that it's her first time. And you're, it's I will say this. 13.1 Whatever miles she runs, mm -hmm. and you're a U.S. men's marathoner. Well, there's going to be a lot of those comps on Sunday. Get ready for that. Well, if a guy ran 62.52, what would you think he could run in the full? Not just American, but a guy like – just Because it's, yeah. it's hard. You can't find any comp on the women's for side because yeah. she's so far ahead. But like, if a guy ran sixty-two fifty-two, do you think they could? You'd probably say they could run, you know, two twelve. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it's like you, you're not. Uh, yeah, you, you're not eligible to like. Should we just say like you got to run faster? Whatever she runs should be like the Olympic trials cutoff. Not the trials, the like Olympic cutoff. Olympic cutoff. You do yeah. the, th you do the, the thing. You do the thing where like yeah. at halfway, if you're not on pace, you get taken you, off you, the track. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they do for the the Ironman. She's and the stuff official like that. world standard. Yeah, you just got to be you got to be in front of that line. That'll be cool if we just like assign, uh, different women that like whatever you run this year. Yeah, all the men need to be faster than that. For like, so like Sydney, we're like, yeah, you got to run faster than fifty point what in the 400 hurdles for mm. you to be eligible yeah for the olympics or just in general just a, a time in general and then if you get off the yeah you got to be on the pace from the get-go too because they'll, they'll pull you off the track all right we got 10 minutes left what else is on here so fun tweet fun tweet fun tweet time and tonight's today's segment of fun tweet time we got williams of oregon mckay williams mckay williams tweeting at Tyreek Hill, gotta love this. We see this all the time, but now Williams is getting in the game. He says, hey, Cheetah, I heard you got some speed. You want to race after your season? I saw you on a 998, but you had a small hurricane at your back, reminding him about his wind heated mark. <laughs> I love the wind reading. What's good? This. Okay. Who would you take? Williams. I would take Williams. Yeah, though. this isn't close. Is Tyreek Hill is slowly catching up to Usain Bolt on most challenged in a race <laughs> athlete. Yeah in sports history yeah because for a while there it was anytime anybody ran fast and everything and anything any sport football basketball tennis could be a guy running to this mailbox and he'd tag you saying bolt on it and now it seems to be harry kill that everybody wants a, a shot at like he is the he's the example of speed which is weird because he's not the fastest man and then tyreek responded truz i'm not one of them you don't want that I guess it's trust me. I'm not one of them. You don't want that. But here's the question. He does want that. But <laughs> Makai Williams would have everything to gain and nothing to lose by having but, this race. And Makai Williams would beat him. Tyreek is a track. He knows track. Yeah. He knows Williams is good. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But he also 
He's fast. So, so this, you, you don't think anybody's faster than him. This is no, not. No, no. Tyreek Hill knows he's not as fast as the top track guys in the world. You think Tyreek Hill thinks he is faster than Trayvon Bromel, Fred Curley, Makai Williams, I Marvin think, Bracey? I think he has a lot of confidence. And you think he? I think I think he thinks he chose football, and if he stuck around at track, no, he could so, be just as fast. Like when DK yeah. Metcalf, he he was he didn't know. Because he doesn't know track, he didn't know track speed. He he was like oblivious to. Oh, I think he. Well, he, he was can oblivious. look at times. He was oblivious, but no, I think he knew. Tyreek is smart enough to know what speed is because he was it in high school and in college. Yeah, he knows yeah. what real speed is. Yeah. So I think Tyreek knows his body type and the way he's been training. He knows he is not a nine eight guy. Mm. He knows that. I don't. In his heart, if you gave him truth serum, he'd be like, "Yeah, dude, I was good in high school, but like." I'm a football player now. I'm not track speed. Tyreek knows. I think I he's think he, he he is he secretly knows the truth, and he's just pretending he doesn't. So he knows that he'd be a ten-one guy now or something. Yeah, I mean, he also knows he's never actually going to race, so he can say whatever he wants. Because but he wins. knows he's ten-one, but he gets to pretend that he's nine-eight. I think he thinks he's that good. Still. I don't think he thinks that. I, I I think deep down. Okay, do you think? These guys are so confident in their abilities, and they think they can get it back. Not, I love. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go NBA. Do you think Russell Westbrook thinks he's a top twenty player in the NBA? Yes, 100. Yes. percent You think he thinks that? Yes. Thank you, Colt. <laughs> yes. No. He I, has to know he's not. Listen. There's certain athletes who know who objectively know that there some are some of them. Some of them don't. I don't think Westbrook would be one of them. I mean, even you you talk to an aging athlete in track and field. Hey, do you think you can get back to your form from four years ago when you ran 144? Get back to your they'll form all, is different. They'll all, well, no, but it's the, the idea that they always feel like they can get it. They always feel like they can recapture it. And if you're at the top, which Tyreek Hill was, was real fast, right? Racing against Andre de Grasse, yeah. making world junior teams and stuff. He thinks now he's bigger now he's older now he's more experienced he, he could have he was at the top when he was doing it at a younger age he could be at the top now he's just doing some other activity i think 100 percent he believes he could win but i also think he has zero percent intention of running this because he has everything to lose and nothing to gain whereas williams it's the other way around i don't think i think he i think he's williams smart could guy. beat him see williams would be a really bad person for him to race too because williams is so good out the blocks yeah so the one advantage Hill would have, like even guy. if they ran a sixty, well, he's not beating Williams in a sixty. No, no way. And yeah. it's, the margin's growing from sixty to hundred, so yeah. it's not going to be close. But I don't blame him. I mean, if I was a pro spinner right now, sitting around, like, hey, I'm gonna I'm challenge some people today. Do you think they have like a? They take turns. They have like social media like planning schedule. Yeah. Like, all right, who am I gonna? Who's on my today's? Who's my Monday? Okay, you. yeah, yeah. But see, no one goes to Tyree Kale and's like, hey, I, I want to challenge you in catching passes. You know, it's always just a foot race. Right? That's, yeah. that's always the challenge. That's what we've been doing since the dawn of time. Dawn of time is yeah. foot racing. That's what makes track cool. No, it's I love it. Like the I, love it. I just wish for once we'd see it. I mean, we saw that 40-yard dash championship, right? And then we saw Tyreek Hill at the Pro Bowl, right? Yeah, they jog it. He pulled trying. up. and I mean, the only time we actually had a legitimate moment was when Metcalf, Metcalf actually tried. Which gave us a good barometer. Not to say everybody is as fast. But Metcalf as is Metcalf. nothing compared to Tyreek. Hill's faster, and I agree with you. He wouldn't be as fast as he was back then. Yeah. But I'm saying I think he believes he's just as fast. I, I think, think he knows he's not. I think that's the mentality of a 
a professional athlete is you just are insanely confident because your whole life you've been basically the best at everything. So you think the mentality of a professional athlete is like kind of a little bit you're delusional. You're one race away or you're one game away from proving your true talent. So the best athletes are all delusional. Yeah, yeah, but in a good way. I guess it's, so insane, it's like a weird time where delusion is actually a benefit. Yeah, and you're insanely confident too. How else do you explain like like Michael Jordan was delusional, but just or or something going wrong for an athlete, right? You you start off the game and it's going terribly for you, and then yeah. your ability to turn it around real quick. Most pe- we've seen it happen that it seems normal. Most people in that situation would completely fold. Yeah, but they just think they're one at bat away or one throw away. Yeah, to, you could argue like. Like Drew Bosley, in a way, was delusional when he went with Nico and Charles Hicks. A hundred percent. Through the first AK, and that delusion paid off, and he gets third. Do you know why he did that? What was Drew Bosley like in high school? Good. Yeah. Beating people all the time. Yeah. That's, that's what he was doing, right? He was one of the best all the time. And he sh- continued to, to improve that NAU. Goes to college. Was he the best all the time? No, but I'm sure. Oh, there's injuries or some yeah. issue popped up. He, but he, in his head, he knows. Yeah, he I'm led st- freshman year. He led uh, the Nuttycomb meet for like the first 5K. He still. Th- yeah. Everybody thinks I'm still that guy or I'm still yeah. that girl. Like from from back then. Like I can still get it. All it takes is one race, which is why people's careers extend usually longer. Yeah. Than they are actually at that level for, as opposed to people retiring way early, going, "Yeah, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> I'm good." So yeah, it's like one of those things. Like, it's good to be delusional because then you put yourself in an opportunity to potentially yeah. run well, and that's what happens when you just go for it. Yeah. Uh, according to AJT, Gabby Thomas said, quote, to be a professional athlete, you have to be a little delusional in an interview. So the exact quote that you just said. I just, yeah. Me and Gabby Thomas are on the same wavelength. I mean, and it like think about, this is going to be hard for you. But think about something you were like really, really good at or really, really good at. Wait, back wait, in the wait, day. hold on. This is going to be hard for you to think about something you're really, really good at? Yeah, yeah. That, why are you just like just publicly okay, what, in my face saying like you're what, not good at things? What were you really that good was very at? very hard. It's not public. There's only a few people on the chat and a couple of hundred people. Thousands nah, of people are going to listen to this. Thousands. Stop. Stop. No, but like I mean, think about something. You, like what were you – think of something. You don't need to say it out loud. But I know. Like, I'm thinking of something that I was good at. Do you want to say it? When you were like 18, 19, 20? Oh, I was saying when I was a kid. Oh, but I'm just saying if someone – I was can- like good at really, two really good things. You know what it was? Sure. I was really good at connects. <laughs> like I could build anything out of connects. Yeah. Like yeah. roller coasters, crazy models, whatever. Yeah. And I was really good at Minesweeper. Okay. Like really good. Even if you didn't do it for a while or even if you started getting crushed, like I think you'd have that belief that you could – you could do it, that you'd figure out a way to get it done. Now, these are in the top 1% of human beings like walking planet Earth. So it's a little bit different. But if you think about something that you were really successful in, like we, most people have some irrational confidence or some delusion in something. It's just yeah. a matter of, of what it is. I do remember when I was running normal, like college running, I knew I was at least a decent athlete and mm-hmm. so i remember a friend a, a high school friend challenged me to a foot race yeah in like the street and i was like no you don't understand like i i can run like a sub 50 400 like i'm better than you mm-hmm. he's like no man like because he was strong was he, he was, impressed by the sub 50 no he didn't <laughs> he, he didn't know what that meant whatever but like he you know he was yeah i was a skinny guy and he was like he was a fit person i was yeah. like no you don't understand i i can act i may not look like it but i can beat you in a foot race and then we were driving and it was like 
Christmas break, it's mm-hmm. like cold out. And we drive and we just pull off to the side of the street and we both get out and then we run like 50 yards on the street. Yeah. I won. Okay, I was going to say who won. Yeah, I won. Hopefully you're he was He was good though. He was like, because he's an athlete, but you know. Colt's playing Minesweeper now. There we go. Good job, Colt. Throw that up I didn't there. know you could play Minesweeper online. What's cool. he doing wrong? Can you coach him up a little bit? So the strategy, man. Since you're the goat Minesweeper. The strategy is not that. See, clearly Colt is not good at this whole Minesweeper Yeah, I, game. I ruined it. Yeah. I thought you were going to say XL when I said, are you good at anything? I'm good at Excel, Excel. too. Yeah, so someone challenged you to XL. You'd probably overestimate your abilities is what I'm saying. We all overestimate our abilities in a couple things. And he's doing it in track. One thing I've because, never lost at is tic-tac-toe. Also, imagine, imagine too, like, and the, the thing that you were really good at when you were younger, everybody knew and recognized you for being good at that thing. You were in the, in the newspaper for being that good. Yeah. You went to the world championships for being that good. They have so much validation of how great they are that it's going to take a real long time for them to believe that, that they can't do it anymore. James Clark said, very disappointing that Gordon didn't break down Valdi's lack of running the tangents in Stillwater while the race savvy Tui did and wheeled her in. Break it I down. Do, I do remember Valdi talking about, that was a big question. Like she mentioned how she just gets distracted by the race cart and she just focuses on the cart ahead of her and yeah. just goes in whatever direction the cart's going, which has happened to Abdiham and Nur. Yeah. In that 5K yeah. where the race car didn't go through the finish line. And he, he's like, oh, going this way. We're Literally turn. drove off the court. It just, oh, just was too focused on the people sitting in the back of that cart. Um, I, the, the tangents is not why Valby lost. Even if she hugged every curve perfectly, mm. Tui was going to catch her. Yeah. But that's something that with experience she'll get better at and it improves things at the margins. But I'm, I'm with you. It wasn't the deciding yeah. fact. There was that one that was really obvious early on in the race because she was yeah. still somewhat close to the pack. And she went wide and everybody stayed close. And you're like, wait, where is she? Yeah. Where is she going? Because it's a cross-country course too. So it's just. I would say the bigger thing is her not knowing the course. Because mm-hmm. she did mention she started her kick later than she probably would have. Because mm-hmm. she thought she had more time. Yeah. But at, at, the, at the end of the day, the lead that Tui was able to overcome showed that it was. Once you close that big of a lead. There was no chance. She yeah, if it was another two or three seconds, she still would have been yeah. able to to close it, I think. All right. We'll end it there. The email address, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thanks to Colt for producing. You can watch the BU meet starting on Saturday. I'm going to be at a wedding. Live on Flowtrack. Gordon's going to be at a wedding. The Valencia Marathon is going to be on Sunday, so we'll have lots to talk about. Tomorrow morning, though. Next week. Tomorrow morning, U.S. versus Netherlands. We didn't have that when we did our track groupings. No, I think we did. We did. And this was this was Femke Bowl versus Sydney McLaughlin. Having to go against Sydney McLaughlin again. And you know who wins that race? Sydney. So US. this is good. We might make the round of eight. Is that your prediction? I think we're going to win. I yeah. think if Sydney can beat Femke Bowl, I think the U.S. men can and beat And we the did not have Argentina advancing because when you go to best Argentinian track athlete of 2022, there were definitely countries that were better. Yeah, but Aussies... They got some people. Yeah. Aussie might the Socceroos might find a way to upset Argentina. They could do it in track. They're a better <laughs> track team. And then all of a sudden, if we're if it's uh, yeah, you US know, Oliver Hoare versus Sydney McLaughlin. Sydney McLaughlin. I'm taking Sydney. Yeah, sorry. times out of ten. Sorry, sorry Ollie. Ollie. You're out. You're out. You're out. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you Monday. All right, clear, clear.